I'm back with Jack. Can't give him up yet. And we're thinking together about uh, how do I make a mark with my life? How do I have an impact? How does my life make a difference in this world? You were made to count and so was I. And what I want to talk to you about for just a few moments today is an incredibly important subject and it is habits. We have talked before about how God created us so that we're able to outsource vast amounts of our lives to our habits. And that's a wonderful thing to be able to drive or eat or put on our clothes without thinking about it is what makes life possible. But the problem is sin gets into our habits. Paul says it gets into our members. So the question today is, do my habits serve me or am I serving my habits? Thomas Aquinas, we're learning from the masters about the spiritual life, actually devoted over 70 pages to his massive book, Summa Theologica, to the cultivation of holy habits, because to a large extent, uh, an effective life, a transformed life, is simply a life in which my habits are all in alignment with my values. The writer of Hebrews, I think it's in Hebrews chapter 10, writes to people and says, let's consider how we could spur each other on to good deeds. That's what we're doing. That's what you and I are trying to do in these moments together is the fellowship of the withered hand. Because I can't, but God can. I think I'll let him. He uses us to encourage each other, spur each other on. But then the writer says, don't give up meeting together, as is the habit of some. Sometimes I get into habits that serve me, and sometimes I get into habits that I serve, and they pull me the wrong directions. So, I want to read for you a few words on habits, and then what I want you to be thinking about is, what's one habit in your life that you would like to change? Could be a real simple one. Habit of how you get up. Habit of how you go to bed. Habit of the way in which you eat, or sleep, or answer emails, or respond on the phone, or what you do when you put your clothes on, or what you do when you cleanse your body. What's a simple habit, low cost, that you could change to align better with having an impact on the world around you? E. Stanley Jones was a remarkable Christian leader of the last century. A lot of folks have not heard much about him. He was a man of immense hope and extremely practical. And this is part of what he writes. The best man that ever lived on our planet illustrated receptivity and responsiveness to God. No one was so utterly dependent on God and no one was more personally disciplined in his habits. And then Jones says he did three things by habit. One, we're told in one of the Gospels, he stood up to read as was his custom. In other words, he read scripture, he immersed his mind in good, noble, true thoughts of a God of love habitually. He read the word of God by habit. Then secondly, it says, he went out to the mountain to pray as was his custom. In other words, he prayed by habit. It was part of a rhythm that was simply into his life, so he didn't have to think about it a lot, didn't have to push himself to do it, didn't have to make a decision each time he did it. It was habitual to him. And then he taught them again, as was his custom. In other words, he passed on to other people the good that he himself had received and lived by. He gave away what he had because you cannot keep it unless you give it away. But he did this habitually. It was simply a part of his life, like driving a car is a part of mine or tying my shoes. John says these three simple habits were the foundation habits of his life. They are as up-to-date as tomorrow morning, 
No converted person can live without those habits at work vitally in his life. And then Jones goes on to say this, uh, give up habits that cannot be Christianized, cannot be used by Jesus, don't lead my life in the right direction. By way of illustration, talks about a uh, Christian that used to go off on weekends and drink. He became drunk and went into a native hut. This happened in Africa and slept. When he woke up, an old man was seated looking at him. The old man asked him who he was and was told that he was a Christian. When he asked the old man who he was, he replied, I'm not a Christian, but if I were, I would not be living the way you are. I'd really live as a Christian. This awakened the teacher. He was really converted and lived a Christian life afterward, converted by an unconverted man. So what's a simple habit? I'll tell you about a journey for one of mine. From real early on in life, I suppose high school, maybe earlier, I had a habit when I was under stress, when I was frustrated, when I was bored, I would pick my nails. It's sometimes called a nervous habit. Did it for years, tried to stop, couldn't do it, prayed, still didn't work. And then I read a book by Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit. And he talks about a golden rule of habit formation. Habits are really simple. This is uh, relatively inexpensive artwork. But he talks about how any habit involves a stimulus, like think about Pavlov's dogs, the bell goes off, and then there's a response. I behave in a certain way in light of that stimulus. And then there is a reward. I hear the bell, I go get something to eat, and then my appetite is satisfied. And this always goes on, this chain, anytime we have a habit. Now, if I want to change a habit, here's what's really important. Never try to do it just by willpower. Never try to simply break a habit. And that's what I had always tried to do. I just try to stop picking my fingernails. Duke says, what you want to do is, he recommends you take a couple of weeks and just pay careful attention. What's the stimulus that prompts this particular behavior, this particular habit? Could be eating, could be drinking, whatever it is. In my case, when I was stressed out, when I was nervous, when I was anxious, when I was bored, when I was frustrated, I would do this to my fingers. And then he said, notice that response and notice for two weeks, don't try to change anything. Just ask, what's the reward this gives me? And what I discovered for me was, it was, although it sounds embarrassing to say at my age, it was kind of self-soothing. It kind of gave me a little feeling of peace or um, a release from anxiety. And then Duhigg said, what you want to do is think about an alternative behavior that you can engage in that could also give you some of those same rewards. So if at a certain time in the afternoon you find yourself always eating because it makes you feel more at ease, maybe you could go find a fun person to talk to that would also give you a sense of ease. So in my case, when I was thinking, okay, when I get frustrated or anxious or nervous and I want to feel a sense of calm or soothing, instead of picking my fingernails, one thing I could do because I'm always wearing clothes and they got fabrics. I could just rub that a little bit and that would give that same sense of something comforting to the touch. And um, so instead of trying to just break a habit by willpower, replace it with another one. And that actually worked after years and years and years of picking my nails. Um, I was able to stop it. Now, here's what takes it a little deeper level that I want to share with you. Uh, for several years, this happened, and I was quite proud of myself and glad that I could do it. Tiny little thing. 
And then three years ago, when all hell broke loose, uh, I discovered that those old neural pathways were still alive in my brain, and I started picking at my fingers again. And quite recently, I noticed that when I was going to pray, it's a strange thing. If you try to sit real still before God in order to be fully at peace in my body, if I did this with my fingers, um, I could not be fully at peace. It's We call it a nervous habit, and it both generates anxiety and soothes with anxiety. But I cannot be still if I'm doing that. And I thought, again, it's a tiny thing, almost embarrassing to talk about, but most of our lives are pretty embarrassing. And I thought about that invitation, be still and know that I'm God. And that God wants me to know a deeper level of peace. So I have decided to try another round of living in peace in my body. And uh, when those moments of nervousness or anxiety or boredom or frustration come, and they do, to just receive a little physical comfort from another fabric beside my skin, but not just do that, also to remember that verse, be still and know that I'm God, and invite God to enter into that. And then very often it helps when you make a commitment like that, here's something I want to change, to go public with it. So I'm going public. I'm telling all of you, which puts a little more pressure on me, but it's kind of a staking ground and that will be a helpful thing. Um, Rick, you can ask me how this is going when we talk to each other at 6.50 in the morning. Thought I would just go public and let you know. I want to invite God to shift this tiny little habit. I, mean, I have much worse habits than this one. I will not tell you what they are, but they are there. But I thought I'd tell you about this one so that maybe we could encourage one another and provoke one another to good deeds. Get the habits working on the right side so that we can make a mark in this world as God calls us. That's today. Make it count. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.